Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Raise. And the question is, because what happened is that people started to repent, but many of them are in debt. How do we make that? How do we fix that? How do you get out of debt in order to be able to build your own cash flow? I know organizations who are even lending to each other, yeah, yeah internally. Yeah. So how do you get out of debt in order to fix your cash? If Apmo was here, he would say, "Msabaku <laughs> tumidako." But okay. Um, <laughs> no, to me, um, um, there's a lady who really mentored me, Lillian Mukasa in business. She really trained me to be much of what, who I am. But back to debt. Um, debt. Debt is many times an unfortunate uh, incident that happens to all of us. So you, there's, there's less money than the obligations. The obligations way outstrip the available cash. And sometimes it is the timing of the cash. It may be coming farther than um, when it's needed. So someone has promised to pay you in September, but the, the money is needed in August. So then what do you do? And um, I want us to take this discussion to really low, 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 low hanging fruit and say, what do we do in order to get people out of debt? So sometimes you find you just are in a situation that you don't really envy. So the first step would be to model out um, does it make sense? So let's say you earn, you, earn, you earn a million shillings and you're in debt. When you add up all your obligations, do they equal to the amount you earn or the obligations way exceed what you earn? And um, with that, I'll throw it to Mr. Kamara to, to pick it up from there. Wow. Uh, thank you, Grace. Uh, well, I am feeling very big shoes, <laughs> but I came with mine. Uh, <laughs> uh, first and foremost, I, I would like to say that we are all in debt because many people feel isolated. They feel like they are the ones who are struggling, but we know that Romans 13, although it cautions us not to be not to run up debt, it says, but we have this huge debt of love to one another. So, so in, a, in a way, we are all in debt, and we all understand what it means to be in debt. Um, and I would like to also submit that many people think that the debt they have, what they consider debt is money they go to a bank or to a money lender to acquire. But there is, there are unpaid suppliers. Yep. They, we've been in a pandemic, there's unpaid salaries. Mm. And some of those things creep up on you even when you didn't intend. Mm. Um, and so, unpaid taxes. And unpaid taxes. Yeah. So there are, there are obligations, like you said, there are obligations that some of them you did not plan for uh, and you find yourself in, an, in a position that you did not prep yourself for. Uh, but just to give people hope, it is to know that um, first and foremost, everyone is in debt. And you, like you talked about the person who mentored you, the first thing I feel that people need to do is to find someone to talk to. Mm. 
not to be isolated, but to find someone to talk to and therein lies the solutions. I think even as we go along in the conversation, we're going to touch uh, on some of those uh, practical things that can be done when you find yourself in that situation uh, where you are in debt. Yeah. Uh, you know, as you're talking, something came to my head. And the first thing you have to do, I don't remember where this quote comes from, but uh, it just came back to my mind, that unto thyself be true. Okay. I don't know whether it was Oscar Wilde or one of those guys. Okay, so the first thing, uh, unto thyself be true. So, total up whatever, you, whatever obligations you have. Don't get emotionalized with them. Just be truthful. List all of them. And then from there, we will find a solution. The challenge is many times we lie ourselves. We tell lies and then we lie ourselves. Now, there are some debts we don't want to admit that they are debts. But yet they are. So the first step would be, be true to yourself. And so sit with yourself. I'm not even saying sit with Pastor Chris. But sit with yourself and list all your debts to the dot. Uh, interesting, Grace. Now, the next, <laughs> Olivia, it's a bit of a catch-22 because you lend money. <laughs> and now we're asking that people should stop coming to you. But we've seen the other forms of debt anyway. But specifically speaking about your type, go ahead. When Tamara said that we are, we are all in debt, uh, I'm reminded when they say that we are all in the storm together, but some people are on boats, some people are on ships, others are swimming. You know, we are in the same storm, but different situations. So it helps to know why you are in debt in the first place. What got you there? Why did you get debt? Did you get to pay suppliers? Did you get debt to get into a business or to start a business? Because there are people like that, that I started with debt financing. And then what happened? So it helps to know why you got into debt. And that way it helps you to know how to deal with it. For example, if I'm in debt because of a supplier, the way I talk to them is not the same way I'm going to talk to the bank. With the bank, it may be that we are restructuring. Or it, with my supply, it could be that, you know, let me give you a percentage of my profit every time I sell. So the next time you give me goods, I'm not going to pay for them. In essence, I'm, I'm selling for you and I'm just getting a cut off it. So it's... It's a thing of why did I get into debt? Understand what got you there, and then you'll know the best model of how to get out. Speaking from a money lender's perspective, or a debt financer, <laughs> that's the fancy word. The terms have changed. Yes, a debt financer. Communication is key. Every time you do not communicate with me as someone who trusted you with, my finances, because let's get to the bottom of debt. It is trust. And so when you don't communicate, it is trust broken. When you don't pay, life happened. When you don't communicate, it's trust broken. So communicate. And I'm assuming that here we are talking to Christians with integrity. Communicate, pick up phone calls. 
pick up phone calls when your banker calls. Pick up. More than anything, it raises your credit score because the person knows that you're willing. <laughs> you're willing. You may not be able, but you are willing. So it shows your willingness to this obligation. Yeah. Kamara uh, can add. I saw him shaking his head. All right. Thanks. Um, I, I see that so you're talking about soft things first. First of all, find out the foundation. Why are you in debt? To help you understand how to get out of it. I've also had communicate, but also talk to someone. But now, let's talk about the practical things. I've done all these things. I will talk for how long? I will share for how, for how long? long? Yes. I know the foundation. The money is not there. What do I do? Because these are the real things that business people are going through. Yeah. What do I do practically to get out of debt? Okay, one of the things you would do is to, because all debt repayment would be out of revenues and out of the margins you're making from the revenue. Mm. So how can you raise your revenues in the, in the short run as soon as possible? One, can you first get a breather? Okay, so can you get a breather of two weeks or a month? Okay, so if you can negotiate with your, now these two words confuse me, the credit down and the data, I don't know who is which, but if you can negotiate with a person who demands from you money, creditor. the creditor, yes. uh -huh, thank you, they just jumped right at my head. So if you can negotiate with your creditor, mm -hmm. uh -huh, okay, and they give you a breather, that breather doesn't mean that you relax, that breather means you work extra hard. Find what you can, what you can sell off. Find what products you can put in the little cash you have that can give you uh, quick cash and then come and make some payment. Sometimes what you also need is just to make, to, to make you know, uh, what Olivia said, show that you are a serious person, show that you're willing and able, show that at least you're making it, you're doing it to your best to make sure that you pay this debt. Uh, yeah, maybe if I could uh, add to that. I, I, I am a great fan of Antre Leadership. Yeah. Uh, and Dave Ramsey is the guy who's uh, uh, set up this financial peace um, uh, university. And he has what he calls the baby steps to financial freedom. Mm. I think that would be great uh, knowledge to acquire for anyone who is in debt. So the first thing that he talks about is, one, when you are in debt, you have a problem, and the person who lent you money has a problem. You both have problems, because uh, he's expecting money, and you don't have the money, and you also needed the money. Mm. So what do you do? Right now, the obligation is on you as a business leader. Mm. So securing your, um, no, securing your <laughs> state, of, state of mental health yeah. is absolutely critical. And he talks about you uh, creating a, 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 a buffer for yourself to say, can I have six months living wages even if nothing changed? And he starts by giving uh, radical advice. Find something to sell and first put $1,000 in the bank for you. And then you build that six months um, living uh, allowance for yourself, so yeah. to speak. And then he has this thing that he talks about, which I find very interesting, to snowball the debt. Start with the smallest debt first, and then come up. 
what you do when you're, you're dealing with the small one and the big one comes? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, I just thought of a joke by Ankansime. <laughs> who this person came demanding one and said, my friend, you have come for 1,000, the people of 100,000. <laughs> and you're making noise. But no, but what he talks about, what he talks about is the moment those small actions begin to happen, yeah. they trigger something. Yeah. Yeah. You have those small wins that then you can, uh, you know, get the momentum. And indeed, the way he calls it snowballing, it, you catch momentum as you go along. Mm -hmm. So if you, like you said, if you write down those obligations, even the, all of us have had to do lists, you yeah. know, you know that feeling you get when towards the end of the day, you look at your to-do list and you've checked off 90% of the things. Mm -hmm. You go home smiling. And I think it's the same thing with, with, with debt. If you check off the small ones, and then begin to have conversations with the real people who actually want real money. Mm. <laughs> then, <laughs> then, then that puts you in a, in a good position. Yeah. So I think finding information from a gentleman like Dave Ramsey yeah. is, is, a, is a good place to start as well. Because uh, he has uh, a proven um, and tested uh, principle that has worked for millions of people across the world. Yeah. Uh, when Kamara was talking about mental health as a business person, one of the things that I'm a firm believer in is that as business people, we are stewards. We are stewards of these businesses. And one of the things as a business person that you're going to teach yourself, whether you are in debt or not, for as long as you're earning a revenue, and this is going to sound radical, give tithe. Give tithe. Even when your obligations are more than your revenue, give tithe. The day you find out the revelation of what that does to you as a person, what peace it gives you, you'll, you'll wonder why you haven't been doing it. So whether you're in debt or not, give tithe. And if, in fact, if you're in debt, give tithe for as long as you're earning a revenue. You just try it. Start this week. Try it. Okay? Then the other things will fall in line. What that does is that it takes care of so many other things that you didn't even know it's taking care of. Grace was talking about the big datas, you know? When Kamara was saying you snowball the debt, then what happens if you don't know what will happen? God will take care of that other stuff. Okay? Then, the practical things. Oh, you've been talking about cash flows, and I'm reminded about cash flow management. And one of the aspects of cash flow management is cash budgeting. Cash budgeting is, is making a forecast of your inflows and your outflows. How much am I expecting, and how much is going to go out? Yeah. When you're in debt, your payment... <laughs> is an outflow, budget for it, budget for it. So it, it, it's, a, it's, it's a diagnosis in a way of your business that you know that, hey, this is how much we are receiving and this is how much we are expected to give out. That way, even when you're having a conversation with the data, you know that this is how much I can afford right now. You're not going to, to agree to figures that you cannot. So when you're coming up with a payment plan, it is already in your cash flow 
focus, that you know that, you know, this one, at least we have seen that we, we can afford. You don't go to your data and you just say, uh, uh, no, that one we will manage. No, 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 no. Come from an informed perspective. Know your position. So that when you do the cash flow, the cash flow, you, you look out for an appropriate cash position. You're neither in the negative or the positive. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you're just there. You're hanging there, but you're not out. You're not out, but you're there. So know your position. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, identify redundant assets. We all have assets in our businesses which are not making a return on investment, but it just pays to have that office chair which you bought at five million, and it's just there. <laughs> Every time you pass it, it's just there. You could do with a smaller desk and work would still get done. We are now working virtually. <laughs> There's office furniture lying around in people's offices right now. Identify redundant assets. There's that company car which has been a problem. You don't use it often, but it just pays to have a stick on it. You just feel good. You know the ego, eh? Yeah, you just... So identify assets that are not making any more money for you and get rid of them. Get rid of them. So there's redundant assets. Right now, if you looked at your business, there are redundant assets. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Olivia. Uh, I want to encourage people to ask questions on, the, on, on, on YouTube and other platforms. Go ahead and ask questions. I'm sure you've shared the link. But I want to ask Grace, don't you have a yeah. book? You not normally yet. have a book, like <laughs> one of those books we've not heard about. Yes, <laughs> Um... There is oh, a, you're writing one. Uh, <laughs> there is a book. Um, no cash, no problem. <laughs> no cash, no problem. Um, I forget the, the guy who wrote it starts with V. I forget uh, his name. But um, when Olivia was talking, something came to my mind. I think when when we are we are working to repay the debt. Let's know that, of course, under the principle of separation that we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago, that the revenue, part of it is not yours, part of it is yours. Now, the proportion that is yours has become smaller, okay? So because now we are factoring in a debt payment that is going to come through. Mm. The other challenge is, um, there is a, a proverb uh, someone uh, came up with and said, debt creates promises, and promises create debt. So we stop making new promises. And I like what Olivia said, because she said, make the promise that you're willing to keep. So tomorrow, say, tomorrow I'm coming up with one, 100K, and let that 100K come through. But the guy says, no, 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 it's supposed to be 1 million tomorrow. Just say, you know what, I'm bringing you 100K, and keep that promise, instead of making a bigger promise that you will not actually keep. Yeah. All right, I like what Olivia said. Tithe. Uh, someone said, tithe solves unseen problems. It's on, on, on one of the responses there. Tithe, and, and I think we will have to take the biblical angle, because uh, Proverbs, 22, uh, rather, Proverbs 22, verse 7 says, the rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. The lender. So there's a certain level of bondage. And I know the, talk, the Bible talks about uh, lending to my, uh, it says, don't, don't give interest to my people, but lend to the poor. And the angle, what I see, the biblical angle there is about generosity in, in, mm. in a way. What do you say about that? Because the Bible is very clear about borrowing. Mm. 
it's, it's like a form of bondage. Mm. What do, how do you go about that? Because it, it should give us uh, the foundation of, on, from which to get out of debt. Because it's very easy to say, look, you can't grow big business without debt. <laughs> You're smiling, Olivia. Over to you. You want me to talk about why people shouldn't borrow? <laughs> It's a trap. <laughs> yeah, it's a trap. But I wanted to pick up on generosity. One of the things that I have told myself over the last two years is that I don't use the statement of live within your means. And that's supposed to be taken with a grain of salt. But live within your means for a Christian is so much carnality that I don't want to say it. Because it means that you te- you're the one in charge. Yeah? You're the one responsible for money coming in. God gives that increase. That's the bottom line. God gives that increase. And so even when you're in debt, <laughs> purpose not to see yourself as a victim. Don't see yourself as a victim of circumstance. You might be a victim of, of ignorance, but don't see yourself as a victim. Ignorance, and that's not a bad thing, ignorance of the fact that probably you got a bad deal. I know some people that sign loans without knowing what, how interest is accruing. How is it accruing? Is it reducing balance? Is it fixed? So it, it's ignorance, not from a bad position, eh? It's ignorance that, and, and, and sometimes the bankers, no offense, I'm not one of them, they don't really want you to read the fine print. <laughs> the devil in the details. That, that's the psychology of finance. That, you know, at that moment when you need the money, even you, you don't want to read the details. If they have signed off on your loan, you're like, where do I sign? You know, you just want to sign. So, purpose not to see yourself as a victim. See yourself as a victor. And you'll handle debt properly. You'll handle it properly. I mean, because if you don't, you could wake up and you run mad. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true, Olivia. When you say yeah. that, uh, I, I think it's uh, basically knowledge. Um, just this week, during our MC meeting, I had a chit-chat with one of my MC members who happens to have worked for so long in a bank and right now, the service that he offers is helping people understand what they are getting themselves into. And he was telling me a story of someone who has paid the bank almost three times what he should have paid if he had only hired the, the services of, 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 that he someone has now. So he's now on retainer. <laughs> so the, 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 the guy just says, if he has looked at the paperwork, I sign. If he hasn't, I don't. And, and he, he's saving him a lot of money. So sometimes when people say ignorance, you know, the problem is that you can become so schooled in one aspect and get a PhD. Mm. And what we've been renewing our minds to in this period of, of, of uh, understanding SSFG and things like that is that, yes, I might have two master's degrees, which I do, mm. but <laughs> I am in kindergarten when it comes to finance. Yeah? And when someone calls me ignorant, I should not take offense. Mm. And the problem is that we keep throwing these other books which are irrelevant. Your zoology and botany that you mastered from a career university. But you're <laughs> indeed ignorant when it comes to finance mm. and to matters to do with, with, with debt. So I think even getting into debt requires you to have a proof of concept. I mean, we were having a conversation earlier. Mm. 
No one goes into debt saying, let's see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just don't go to borrow and say, let me go and get money and see how it goes. So In a way, yeah, there is hope. You're mm. seeing how you want to quickly expand something that you're not able to expand mm. with the resources that are available to you. Mm. So you, 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 I, I believe that many people have gotten into debt because they didn't have the final detail of what the proof of concept they were funding mm. was. Mm. Uh, and others, maybe if they were already in there and then it kept accumulating like the people who had started businesses and now they have suppliers to pay, they have um, uh, inventory that is stuck and a bank that is demanding money that is accruing mm. interest. Mm. So it's, it's a case of, um, I think, finding the right places to get that uh, information. Now talking about the practical things people can do if you find yourself in debt, is to invest more in getting knowledge on how to dig yourself out of it because it's evident that the mindset that got you in is not the mindset that will Correct. get you out. Yeah. So you really need to renew your mind so that you can have a new mind. Yeah. Talking about books is a good book I read and I need to read it. What got you here won't, won't get, get you, you there. there. <laughs> <laughs> it won't get you there indeed. Mm. So, so it's, it's just the whole mind thing because um, I think... Uh, we, there are things we are thinking about when we get into debt and when we find ourselves in debt and it's becoming really bad then there's a way we need to think in order to get out of that debt yeah the, the, while you are talking you see what got you here won't get you there Marshall Goldsmith I think yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's what they call a seven day rule the seven day rule is do when you think of doing something, just wait for seven days. You'll find that you may change your mind or become less convinced about what you're about to do. Many times we are so emotionally involved in that transaction that even waiting is very, very, very hard. Mm. So if you can just tell yourself, yes, um, I like that shoe or I like that dress or I like that idea, but not now. Let's come back to this uh, a week later you'll find so many things actually do change. The other contribution I want to make is that you cannot get out of debt alone. You need, you need people around you to hold you accountable now to a new standard that you've set up. Mm. And say, look, uh, Olivia, Chris, I want to get out of debt. Mm. Please hold me accountable. Please make sure that I make this deposit in time. Um, entertain no excuse from me. Because sometimes you, you, you raise the bar and you're the one who lowers the bar and passes over. You, so you create rules that you, you break overnight mm -hmm. and then you're back to square one. Yeah. Um, the other practical thing, you can convert debt into equity depending on the nature of your business. If, if, if your business is viable, <laughs> yeah. that is, you can, you can ask your, your lender to become your partner. Only if your values align, though. If your lender is a big bad man downtown who kills people, please don't ask him to, to be your partner. Pay off that debt. You do, you do not want... <laughs> you understand? Yeah. Because it means that he will impose his values on you eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So, but in an ideal situation, if, for example, Kamara is your debtor here, talk to him. Talk to him. Can we work out a deal where you become a partner. So you convert debt into equity. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, while, while he was talking about uh, 
the accountability part and going back to the separation principle. One of the practical things, especially for startups and SMEs, or one-person businesses, is that when we talk about the things that you're separating your money, it's easy to think that you can put all that money on one bank account and you say, ah, I'm not going to touch that 20%, but it's there. No, I won't touch it. No, don't do that. Just open a different account. Open a different account and you know for a fact that, and, and give that checkbook to someone, you know that if, if you go to ask Chris for that checkbook, he's going to grill you and ask you, but why do you want that checkbook? What are you going to do with the money? You understand? So, for example, if I'm saying that I have an account for my debts, and I give that checkbook to Kamara, and I've told Kamara that, you know what, this account is for debt payment. Even Kamara will be accountable to me if I'm not going to ask for the checkbook. It means that I'm not putting money on that account. Oh, when I go, Kamara should... First of all, Kamara should know who I am indebted to. So when I'm writing that check, he knows that I'm writing it to Chris. So if I'm not writing it to Chris, he should be able to ask me that. Hey, hello. As you are, as someone you entrusted, I am saying no. So it's, it's a place of get someone you honor, whose opinion you value highly, not someone who you're going to bulldoze into. I also you, you know. You know, eh? Yeah, so it's one of the practical things of separation. First of all, get different accounts for all the things. Like you said, even a tax account. Yeah, I heard you say one time that someone said that get an account for your taxes. <laughs> and I thought that was radical, but it works. Because every single time you tell yourself, I'm going to pay my taxes. Hey. Hey. But if you got an account that there we put money for paying taxes, the same way get an account and say that there I put money for paying off my debtors. And I realize that we are talking about debt in terms of people who, who, who got debt for the right reasons. As a money lender, I can tell you that people come with all sorts of reasons to get debt. And if you're selfish as a money lender, hmm, hmm, you want to buy a dress? Hmm, okay. You want to buy a car? Hmm, okay. You, a bigger car. You're 24 years old. You live in Chalwajala. You can't take a border to your job. Okay. You want to buy a primo? Okay. Your salary. You understand? Yeah. But... If, I think it's different. If, if you got into debt for purposes, <laughs> as those four mentioned, you get the NSSFG coach. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's very sad that we're out of time, and, and I think we've learned a lot already, both soft things to do, but also practical things to do. We've also got a book, No, no Cash, No Problem, no problem. which is always our takeaway, a book to read. And I think the wisdom here has been overwhelming. Thank you, uh, guys. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you, Grace and Ariho. It's been amazing. And I think we're going to start a journey of getting out of this debt thing. Debt is taking our continent backwards. Yeah. That's the reality. Yeah? So we cannot uh, not talk about it. Uh, friends, all these things we are learning here, uh, we're talking about are biblical principles. And the foundation of all this is Jesus Christ. And we know that uh, Jesus Christ, there is no solution. There is no problem that doesn't have a solution through him. So I'd like to encourage you, if you're out there and you've not given your life to Christ, 
I want you to take this opportunity today and give your life to Christ. And it's very simple. You can just say this prayer with me. I say, dear Lord, uh, thank you for this opportunity to know you as my Lord and Savior. I want to surrender my life to you, uh, that you take it and do something significant with it. And I know that uh, with you, nothing is impossible. So if you've said that prayer, uh, you've surrendered your life to Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And I want you to call this number, uh, 0775-642-449, 0775-642-449. Behind that line, there's someone who will take you to the next steps to know what you can do after you've uh, surrendered your life to Christ. Uh, friends, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, we'll be with you next Sunday, the same time. And also, you can continue to watch uh, business, uh, rather, uh, uh, Garage at 9 o'clock and also at 11 o'clock on the same channel. Thank you very much and have a blessed Sunday. For listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.